Victory Church, how you doing? Good morning. Let me hear you real quick. Let me hear you. Good morning. Man, I'm so excited to be with you. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this incredible church. And if you chose to visit with us this morning, can I just say welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad to have you. You couldn't have picked a better day to be with us. Not only are we bringing our At The Movie series to a close, but we got a little bit of a carnival happening after service that y'all seem to be a little excited about, right? Y'all excited about that, ready to be able to have some fun? We can't wait to love on you and your kids and our community and just say thank you for being a part of what God's doing right here in Smyrna, Tennessee. Normally, I would ask you to go ahead and turn uh, your Bibles or you look at your phone at the verses that we'd be looking at, but I know you've got popcorn in your hands and Cokes in your hands, and so it might be hard for you to turn your Bibles. We are going to look at the book of Luke chapter 4 in case you do want to look at your phone or the Bible or whatever it might be, but I do want to encourage you just follow along with me today on the screen and you enjoy your popcorn, you enjoy your Coke so that we can have a good day together. We are bringing this series to a close, and for the past three weeks, we've been in a series called At the Movies. And what we've been doing is we've been taking today's blockbuster hits and pulling out of them biblical principles and then seeing how they apply to our lives. And so in week one, we took the movie The Incredibles 2. Are y'all familiar with that movie? Incredibles 2. And we talked about the pressure that's on us to perform and how we find our identity in God. And we talked a lot about how God sees us and we were affirmed by the scripture. And then in week two, we looked at the movie Avengers Endgame, and we broke down how we all have a super purpose that God wants to use us, and he brings us all together to do something very phenomenal for his kingdom. And then last week, Pastor Brian brought an incredible word, I thought, from the movie Pursuit of Happiness. And he talked a lot about how in a culture today that's filled with anxiety and depression and so many things that we're facing that are real issues, um, how it was important to, to be real and talk about what you're going through and how to get the three people. He talked about finding your three, the people that you could be real with and share with and I just think this series has been very uh, healthy, and it's been very timely for our church, and I, I believe this will become kind of an annual thing that we'll do here at Victory Church as we just look at movies and bring out God's principle. Uh, I'm excited, really excited for next week. I've got a special word on my heart, and so if you're visiting with us, we'd love for you to come back and, and hear that, experience that, maybe, uh, uh, maybe be able to participate in water baptism and different things, and so again, it's just great to have you. Today's movie is a movie that I'm very excited about because it's got my favorite actor in it, first of all. Um, and then the more that I've watched it, the more I have fallen in love with it. I was an okay fan of the original, but this one I really, really like. And I think that my favorite actor, Will Smith, did an incredible job of portraying his character. So our movie today is Disney's remake of Aladdin. And I want you to watch this trailer. stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. Oh, 
great one who summons me, I stand by my oath, loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out! Uh, you done wound me up. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in make me a prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Y'all see my palace? You look like a prince on the outside. But I didn't change anything on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? singing along. How many of y'all were singing along with a whole new world? Yeah, yeah. Y'all understand why they don't let me lead worship here? Y'all catching that? I've been asking them for years. Look, I, the more and more that I watched this movie, an interesting thing that I kept seeing about the movie was this, that everybody in the movie was trying to escape something. You have Aladdin who's trying to escape this reputation that he has. You've got Jasmine who's trying to escape his family's or her family's expectations you got Jafar, who's trying to escape all of his insecurities. And then you got the genie, who's just trying to escape the lamp. And the more and more I watched it, the more and more I thought, you know, this movie really relates to my life. Because I don't know about you, but I often find myself trying to escape from things, right? And if we're honest with ourselves, we would all say that there's been moments in our lives where we found ourselves imprisoned, found ourselves in a situation where we felt trapped, and we tried to find ways to escape. Have you ever tried to escape from something? A couple of weeks ago, um, we had the opportunity to go to Panama City for the beach, me and my family. My dad lives there, and so he often gets us a condo right there on the beach. And we get there, and we, we left after church on a Sunday, so we got there really late Sunday night. And so Monday morning was our first full day on the beach. And so we're on the beach, and we were there. It's probably about afternoon time now. And my oldest, Veda, nine years old, decided she wanted to go upstairs for a little bit because my mother-in-law was still in the condo. We were on the 19th floor of the condo. It only has 23 floors. So she was still in the room, and my, my oldest, Veda, said, I want to go be with Mama. And so I said, all right, I'll walk you back to the condo, and then I'll come back down to the beach with Mom and, and Pop, uh, uh, Poppy and different things. And so I'm walking her to the beach, or I'm walking her to the condo, and I'm just kind of looking at the sand. You know, I'm just kind of in my own zone, chilling for a little bit. And there was this gentleman in front of me that worked at one of these booths, and all of a sudden I hear him say this, hey, look at that. And I don't know if y'all have ever had one of those moments where somebody like literally makes your heart stop for a second. And I had about five seconds is what it took me to look from here to there. <clears throat> but in that five seconds, so many things raced through my mind on what I was going to see. Was I going to see somebody, you know, falling off the balcony, or what was I about to see? <clears throat> And as I begin to look, about midway up, so what I thought was about the 10th floor, <clears throat> out of the balcony was all of this smoke, just barreling, I mean black smoke, just barreling out. And I'm like, oh boy. 
And so everybody kind of starts panicking. You got people over here praying. You got people over here running. And so I looked down at Veda and I said, hey, go back to your mom. And she, she, she ran back to her mom. And I'm, I'm, I reach up. I get together with my father-in-law. And I'm like, what are we going to do? What's the plan? And so my responsibility was to run up the stairs to be able to get to her and bring her down the stairs because the elevators don't work. Y'all know how that goes. So I had to run up 19 flights of stairs, first of all. So it's even a miracle you're looking at me today. You know what I mean? There's a good chance, like, why, why is Pastor Brian still preaching? Because Troy's dead. That's what happened to him. Uh, I realized at that moment that you can lift all the weights you want, but if you don't do some cardio, you are out of shape. You know, I, 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 was, I, was, like, I was like, here comes your knight in shining armor. Woo, wait a minute. Just, uh, woo, just, you just stay right. So I get to her, you know, and, and I tell her, you know, this is real. It's a real situation. And she's got a, different, a few different health issues, and so we start trying to make our way down this staircase, and we get down to about the 11th floor, okay? So, I mean, we're, we're huffing and puffing. She's trying to hide the smoke so she doesn't, you know, it's, she's starting to need an inhaler and different things. And so I get to the 11th floor, and the door is propped open by, like, a fire hose. And so I'm like, okay, like, I can, I can at least check on what's going on. So I stick my head out, and there's a firefighter right there. And I said, hey, you know, uh, here's the situation. I've got my mother-in-law. She, you know, she's not in the best health condition. You know, wh- what's going on? And he said, well, somebody put a cigarette out on the back porch patio, and it wasn't out, and it burnt all the patio furniture and all this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And he said, but we got it out. You should be okay. And I was like, should be? <laughs> You're a firefighter. Am I or am I not, right? And so I said, okay, well, so can we go back to our room? And he said, yeah. So I kind of go back in. I looked at my mother-in-law. I said, all right, we can either finish going 11 stories down or we can go eight stories back up. So, so which one do you want to do? And so we go back up and we get into the room. She gets in her, her inhaler and she's doing it. And I'm just on the couch trying to figure out, you know, how Darla will survive when I have a heart attack here in a moment. And trying to kind of coming back together. And I remember I looked at her because when we were coming upstairs, you had grandma and grandpas being helped down by their family. You had people carrying their dogs. It was insane. And I remember looking at her and I just said, this condo needs to work on having a better escape plan. Right? I even I, at one point I considered just going down the trash chute. You know what I mean? Just like like you're on Wild River Ride or something. Just go on. Down. Like it just needed a better escape plan. And the more and more I watched this movie, I thought when it comes to you and I and where we are in our life, I think we need to make sure that we have a good escape plan. Because if we don't have a good escape plan, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. When when we started this series, we started it as at looking at some scripture where Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And I thought it'd be really cool to kind of bring this series full circle and end it where we began it and look at that same story but pull out a different perspective. So you find it in Luke chapter 4, and I'm just going to read to you verses 1 and 2 just to set the context of what's going on. And it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus is about 30 years old, and he's getting ready to start full-time ministry, and the Spirit of God leads him into the wilderness so that he can be tempted and prepared for the ministry that he's going to be about to do. And listen to this. It says where for 40 days, everybody say 40 days. 40. That number is going to be important at the end of this message. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So Jesus is in this tough spot. He's in a place where he would like to get out. He's hungry. He's tired. And in comes the devil trying to convince him, watch this, to create his own way of escape. 
You're in a situation you don't want to be in, so the devil is encouraging him every way he can to create his own escape plan. If you're hungry, turn them stones into bread is one of the things he said. If you want to have authority, go up on the top of this cliff and throw yourself down is one of the things he said. He was trying to find ways to get Jesus to come up with his own escape plan to get him out of the place he didn't want to be in. One of the biggest temptations you and I face is this, is the temptation for us to create our own escape plan to be able to get out of the places that we don't want to be. The devil tempts us to do it our way. But when it's all said and done, we try it, it doesn't work, and we end up still feeling trapped. Check out this clip. Agrippa, it's so beautiful. I should get out more. You should tell the princess to get out more. The people haven't seen her in years. They won't let her. Ever since my, the queen was killed, the sultan's been afraid, so she's kept locked away. Seems everyone's been afraid since then. But the people of Agrabah had nothing to do with that. The people loved her. They did, didn't they? <laughs> Is this yours? It's kind of borrowed. My mother taught me that song. Mine too. That's all I remember of her. And um, what about your father? I lost them both when I was young. Been on my own ever since. It's all right, it's just... What? It's a little sad. Having a monkey is the only parental authority in your life. <laughs> we get by. Every day I just think things will be different, but it never seems to change. Just sometimes I feel like I'm... Trapped. Like you can't escape what you were born into? Yes. Hmm. You know, it's one thing to be trapped somewhere, but it's a totally different thing to be trapped inside of yourself. And, and a lot of us, where we feel trapped is we feel trapped with unmet expectations or, or past failures or something that happened as an experience that we regret that we wish wouldn't have happened. Somewhere where we got let down, our thoughts, our feelings, we find ourselves in a situation where, where we're just trapped. We don't feel like we can get out. And we want so bad to be able to put in place an escape plan. And listen to me, the devil wants us to rely on everything but God. He would love for you to rely on any other escape plan out there but God. So he continues to give you all these different processes and all these different plans that you think work. I was thinking about this, and I had a kind of a funny example um, and I was just going to use the concept of health and exercise and weight loss because we all know that there's two, like, natural ways for that to work, right? One is to eat right and to exercise. I mean, it, it is what it is if you want to be healthy. But our culture is constantly producing other ways of escape, and we go that way instead of the actual way that's going to work. I was thinking, you know, they'll come out with pills, and if you just eat this pill, it'll lose weight. I'm like, that can't, that can't make sense, like, if I just eat a pill, weight's going to fall off of me, right? And then they come out. Like, I remember one generation. Remember when you had the Susan? Was it Suzanne Summers that had the little thing you put between your legs? Y'all remember that? And you would just squeeze your knees together, and you were supposed to all of a sudden be in shape? That doesn't make any sense. 
It was like another, there was one in our generation, I don't know how many people, I'm 35 years old, so how many people are going to remember this with me, but this was by far the worst uh, um, example of weight loss or exercising there ever was. There was this thing that came out, it was like a machine, and you held it like this, you know what I mean? And it just shook, you all know what I'm talking about? It just, just went, it just went up and down like that, and you just, hey, what are you doing? Exercising? Getting my, my, my best body, you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Like there's all these different ways of escape because the devil wants you, the last thing he wants you to do is to rely on God. And so we do. We, we, we follow one way or, or our way, and our way is always temporary, but we do it because it works for a while, right? There's different ways of escape that we have that, we stay with them. Even when we know they're temporary, we stay with them because they, they give us a sense of rest and peace for a while. So don't answer this question out loud because it could be too personal, but I want you to reflect on it for a second. What is your way of escape? What's your way of escape? I'll share with you one of mine in one season of my life. It was about seven years ago. Uh, we were youth pastors in Memphis, Tennessee. Those of you that are visiting with us, we, we, we moved here. 18 people moved to Smyrna, Tennessee, and we planted Victory Church uh, January 2018. So this church is a, about a year, about 20 months old, in case you're wondering. We'll be celebrating our two-year birthday January 19th. Come on, we can give God praise for that, right? Incredible. We were youth pastors in Memphis, and, and in a season of our life, it was real stressful. Our, our first child was very young, and I had a lot of responsibility at the church that I, that I shouldn't have had, and, I, and it was just super stressful. And I found myself in a season where my way of escape was to eat food. Y'all ever been there before? Like, like I could just, I could escape from the stress of what was going on if I would go eat. So every day, no matter what, I went to a restaurant for my lunch break. I took an hour lunch break, and I went to a restaurant. It could have been Chili's. We had this place in Memphis called Dixie Cafe. They had fried corn on the cob. Who said that? We're going, we're right, yes, thank you. We're going, we're finding one today. Fried corn on the cob. Can I tell you something? Everything's better if you fry it, right? It don't matter. Give me a styrofoam cup. If you'll fry it, I can eat it. Like it was just, I mean, they, any place that brings you bread when you sit down, that's a place God has touched personally right there. That's just, it's just, it's just there it is. It's, it's called manna. It is what it is, okay? And so I would go to lunch every day, and I would just, you know, give me the rolls, give me the food, give me the Coke, give me the dessert, and I would just eat all my stress away, and I put on about 45 pounds through that process, okay? I've lost about 39 of it. I'm just kidding. Um, and, and so it was just one of those deals. And watch this. I got to a place where before I knew it, I found myself worshiping my lunch to the point that if someone tried to take that time away from me, I would lose my mind. You know, I was planning my whole life around lunch. My pastor would come in and be like, hey, we need to meet today. And I'd be like, we can meet after one because I got to get to Chili's and I got to eat some food. And I'm just beginning to learn this. Listen, that when we start developing our own ways of escape, what starts off as a way of escape ends up being something that we worship. Watch what, what the devil said to Jesus in Luke chapter 4. And this is pretty interesting how, how this process works out because there's three different ways. Go ahead and throw up Luke 4, uh, 5, and 7 up there for me. So, so there are different temptations that's, that the devil is doing with Jesus. He does three. And watch this one. I think this is the second one. It says, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, and this is what's funny, the devil says, for it's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to, but watch this, if you, what, 
worship me. The devil tells Jesus, I will give you a way of escape. First of all, he's Jesus. He's the son of God. And the devil says, I, 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 I own all this. And I will give you your way of escape if you worship me. If you will do my way of escape, it will work, even if it works temporarily, even if it only works for a moment, it'll work, but the stipulation of it is you've got to worship me. Here's what I'm learning about the ways of escape that you and I are often dealing with, that what starts off as something, like it's kind of the concept of I can give you relief for a little while, but the stipulation is you're going to be stuck with me forever. I can give you the way of escape, but in return, you're going to have to worship me. And watch this. We, what, what we were trying to escape to becomes what we are enslaved by. What started as medication is now our master. For example, you ever been just needing an escape? And so you thought you'd jump on social media for a minute? I'll just go check out a YouTube video. I can watch Jimmy Fallon video real quick and laugh a little bit. And I can just kind of get a relief. Nothing wrong with that. Like, it's been a stressful day. I need to go watch, you know, 10 cats play on a piano for a second. Like, I just need a break. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then three and a half later, hours later, you're sitting on the couch still going through YouTube videos, right? And you get to a point where you spend too much time. Why? Because what, what started off as something you would escape to is now something that you are enslaved by. Relationships are like this all the time. We escape to them. Well, she just makes me feel good about myself, or he just allows me to have some fun. And we escape to it, and eventually we get to a point where we can't live without them anymore, and we can't operate without them, and what we escape to becomes what we're enslaved by. Think about it. Come home from a hard day at work, need a glass of wine for dinner. It's my escape. But a glass of wine turns to two glasses, and two glasses turn to four, and four turns to a bottle, and what used to help you escape now is what enslaves you. First it was a brownie, now it's a pan. You know what I mean? And what we thought was helping us is now actually holding us. And what was a pathway for escape is now a new prison. And it's not a way of escape if it's just a different set of chains. The other day we were driving with my youngest, she's four years old, and Darla and I have, don't, don't judge us here, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with you counseling me later, but don't judge me at this moment. Um, but one of the things that we often go back and forth regretting is how much uh, phone time we've given our kids. You know, we live in a time, now y'all remember when we were kids? Do you remember what entertained you? It was the knob that rolled the window up and down. You remember that? that, that's, what, that what, that's what you had. You know, you just, uh, uh, up, and, and then you real spoiled kids, y'all got the button. You know what I'm talking about? We went from, you had to reach over, you know, y'all just like, eh. Now, and then you really lazy kids, I don't know if any of y'all are in here, now you can push the button once. Y'all seen that? And the window, y'all, that's rich right there. You just push the button, and it just goes down by itself. You can just be like, magic, you know what I mean? And so we had to find something to entertain our kids. And so when we're driving on long road trips, it kind of starts that way, right? You're wanting to escape, and so you give them your phone. Hey, 
Or we'll be at a meeting, at a dinner meeting or something, and we need them to be quiet, and it's just a way of an escape, and we give them their phone. And again, I'm learning this principle about my life that if I'm not careful, the very thing that I escape to becomes the thing I'm enslaved by. And so the other night, we're driving home, and Casey Ray smarted off to me. And so I said, well, you're not going to get any phone privileges, all right? You're, for the rest of the night, you don't get any media privileges. And she starts throwing a fit, crying, ah, screaming. And I'm not lying to you. Four years old, this is what she said. You ready? She said, I need the phone to survive. <laughs> I'm like, what? Part of that was just insane. The other part of it had me worried about myself as a parent. You know what I mean? Like, you need the phone to survive? There's, there's a problem there. Because what, we, what she used to escape to, right, has now become what she's enslaved by. And it's happening to four-year-olds, and it's happening to 84-year-olds. That we find a different way of escape. It's not God's way, it's a way that we find. It's a way that the enemy gives to us, and it's temporary, but it works for a little while. And so we're all for it, and we jump into it. And then after time, what we used to run to for medication has now become our master. And I was thinking about this, the way that Satan took Jesus says it took him up on a high spot and had him look down and was wondering through that. I'm like, he, he, didn't, he didn't actually physically take Jesus there. It was more of like a, a movie playing in his mind, right? It's more like a presentation for him. And the more and more I thought about the ways of escape that come at me, the more and more I thought about this, that the same movie that Satan was playing for Jesus is the same movie that I'm getting today. But before I show you that, let me show you another clip. You got the girl. I mean, trust me, I had my doubts after your whole jam debacle. But you, you pulled yourself back together a little bit. I did, didn't I? I think I finally got the hang of being a prince. Oh, well, that, that's not exactly what I meant. But you were right. People see what they want to see. Aladdin is gone. I'm Prince Ali now. Wow. Got it all figured out now, huh, kid? And, you know, I was thinking about my last wish, and I just, I can't do this without you. I know I told you I'd use it to set you free, but you heard the Sultan. I can't let everything that we've worked for fall apart. So, you just never tell her the truth? You're gonna keep living the lie. It's not a lie. People can change. <laughs> oh, they can change, all right. And that's a bad thing? Everything is better now. No one got hurt. You'd rather me be back on the streets, stealing to survive? I thought you'd be happy for me. But all you cared about was that I used my last wish to set you free. Wow. Kid, I don't care nothing about that wish. This is about you, what's happening to you. You'd rather lie to somebody you love than give all of this up. You don't get it, Genie. People like me don't get anything except by pretending. I think maybe you don't get it. The more you gain by pretending, the less you're actually gonna have. In 10,000 years, I have never once, ever, called a master a friend. I broke the rules for you. I saved your life. And for what? You are breaking my heart here, kid. You're breaking my heart. Think about it. What Aladdin had as a way of escape, pretending to be a prince, now it's a lie that he's bound by. And anytime we find ourselves in our own way of escape, 
It's the same movie that Satan plays over and over and over again that continues to get us to stay in that way of escape instead of realizing that it's not working, stopping that way and asking God for a new one. And it's always the same movie, and it starts with this, manipulation. Right? There's just this moment where Satan begins to let us believe that we deserve this, right? Or that it's going to make us feel good. So it starts with manipulation. Then it goes into observation. And there's this moment where there's no other way but your way. And then it goes from observation to victimization. You're the only one dealing with this. You ever had that thought before? That whatever prison you're in, you're the only one in that prison? Understanding that God, there's a lot of people in that same prison all throughout, and God has the same way of escape for every one of us. And it goes from that into interpretation. I, I should never feel this. I, I, I shouldn't be in this situation. I shouldn't, I'm, I, if I went to church, I shouldn't have temptation, right? Isn't that a funny thought? And then it gets into expectation that my way will eventually work. And so all these things just continue to process in our mind over and over and over. Manipulation, observation, victimization, interpretation, uh, expectation. And it goes on and on and on. It's what keeps us in our way of escape instead of just saying, hey, this isn't working. Have you ever tried something that just wasn't working? Anybody? And you stay in it instead of just saying, hey, it's not working. We should get out. A few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to go with some of our friends to an escape room. Y'all ever, anybody ever done an escape room before? You ever done an escape room? Uh, they, they are amazing. I love them. They get your adrenaline going. And when I get out of one, I want to go to like 10 more. Like I'm just, I just, it's like the Horatio Kane in me. Y'all know who that is? I just want to put on glasses and, be, and make some cool line. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's old. Y'all don't, again, it's, oh, y'all know what that is. Anyway, so we went to this escape room. And it was, all, it was all decked out. And we were like a part of the FBI in like some kind of market. We were trying to stop. Something. I don't know. It was, it was cool. And, and so we get in there, and it's the same old stuff. And in case you've never done an escape room, let me tell you this real quick. They'll give you three clues in the escape room. So they'll tell you. They say, you just let us know. We have up to three clues, and then we'll give them to you. Now, some places will give you as many clues as you want. But the catch is, if you need more than three clues, you didn't really escape the room, right? That, that's kind of the understanding. It's more of a pride thing, all right? And so a lot of people, they don't, they don't want to ask for any of the questions. I'm the opposite guy. I want three questions before this starts. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know three clues. And so that's just kind of how I've always been. So here was the thing that was different in this escape room. She gets done. She goes through the whole deal. And then she says, hey, see this red button right here on the wall? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, if you want a clue, she said, walk over to this red button and very dramatically and very passionately, this is a true story, y'all, I'm not making this up, very passionately, hit the red button. And I was like, well, that's not necessary, is it? You know, I mean, you're watching me on a camera. But I was like, cool, whatever. And, and so it starts. And if you've never been in an escape room, you have like an hour, and you can see the clock, and it's counting down. So it's a very time-sensitive issue. And I don't like time-sensitive issues. And so the moment that I start to not know what, if, if in one second I don't think this is working, I'm ready for a clue. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the key doesn't work. Give me a clue. No, just turn the key upside down. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like, whatever I can do, give me a clue. Let's get, let's get out of here. We got to win. We got to win. We're all going to die. Let's get out of here. Because here's my thought. It doesn't matter if you didn't use any clues if you don't escape the room, right? So you can have all the pride you want, but you're still imprisoned. 
And so I'm just one of those guys that the second I have a moment, the second that I start to realize this isn't working, I want a clue. And so all my friends were in there, and they were all working hard, and I was in this one area, and I was like, can we get a clue? <laughs> hey, how about a clue? And, you know, they're all like, no, no, we got this. Can we get a clue? Like, I just, I wanted a clue because I was just at a point where I didn't know what else to do. And so I'm processing this for us, and I'm like, man, if, if you and I can be at a place where everything we're trying isn't working, and we want to escape, and we're trying, because it's not that you're not trying. We believe you're trying. It's just what you're trying isn't working. And so wouldn't it be cool if we could get a clue? And so I was thinking, I, I, can't, I can't make you, I don't have any buttons for you to push, you know what I mean? I can't bring out buttons and have you, but I thought you could like, you could passionately scream at me Give me a clue, and I could give you a clue. Does that, does that work for you? Are y'all are willing to participate in this? Because if you don't, the whole carnival shut down. We're not even going. <laughs> I'll call Pastor Brian right now and say, load it up. We don't even need it anymore. All right? So, so uh, I'm counting three. When I say three, I want you to give me just a passionate, give me a clue. And you can, you can throw in any dramatic expirations you want as long as they're, you know, family friendly. But, but I just, I just need, I need, I need to be told to give you a clue. You ready? So on the count of three. One, two, three. So glad you asked. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Here's your clue. You ready? So powerful. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But watch this. But with the temptation, everybody say with the temptation. With the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. There's so much in this, I don't have all the time to break it down, but let me just give you three thoughts real quick. Number one, no temptation has overtaken you that is not what? Common to man. Here's what that means. Whatever it is that you're going through, somebody else has gone through it. Whatever prison you're in, there's somebody else in it with you. There is nothing that you're doing that is too bad because it compares worse than other people. It's still the same thing. The devil's not creative. That's still the same prisons. The other thing I noticed is it said, with temptation comes the way of escape. How many of you are action figure people? Any of y'all action figure people you used to buy action figures as a kid? Man, I ain't got, thank you. We'll hang out later. Everybody else in here is lame. Ninja Turtles, X-Men. Oh, now y'all want to talk. Okay. Barbie. Barbie. But if you buy action figures, if y'all remember this, I'll talk to my friends. Remember when we buy action figures and they would come with accessories? You know what I'm talking about? Like Raphael would come with the size, you know, Donatello with the stick. You know what I'm talking about? Man, we're going to lunch. Michelangelo with the nunchucks. Like it came with stuff. It wasn't sold separately, right? It was in the package. Here's what I hate about 2019 is that everybody's trying to make money off of us, so it's all sold separately, Right? It's like you can get the house here and the toy here and the car here and the batteries here and the rug here and it's all sold separately. God said, I don't allow the temptation without the way of escape. If you got the temptation, it came with the way of escape. And if there's nothing else you get from me today, if you came here for fried food and to dunk me in a tank, hear this. Whatever it is that your temptation is, God packaged it along with the way of escape. 
It's there. So then here's the statement that that made me realize. God has never allowed the enemy to build any temptation, watch this, without a door. Oh, man, you got to get that in your spirit. There is never a thing that you will face that God didn't already build in a door. The problem is we go around trying to find our own way out. I was talking to a friend of mine. They were talking about haunted houses. They were like, hey, you want to go to a haunted house? I was like, do I look stupid? <laughs> my house is a haunted house. Have you seen my kids? Well, what am I pay for? I can just walk, boo, here we go, here's 20 bucks. Thank you, appreciate it. They said, what happened is they said you get thrown out into this circle. And they said, and you get out in the circle and it's all these doors. I was like, I'm already done. I don't do good with, with decisions. You know what I mean? That's too many decisions. Just let me know. Here's the one door, right? You need to go that way. Just go right through there and you're good to go. And so come out and they said, you go up to the door. And they said, all of a sudden this guy comes out with a chainsaw. And I was like, no, I'm from Memphis. You know what happened? I would turn it sideways, kill shot. <laughs> Kill shot. So, and so I was like, no, that's not happening. And, and she said, what happens is you go, you go to the other doors and you open up this door. And then she said, if it's the wrong door, somebody else comes out. I was like, no, 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 no. And so she said, if you're not careful, you'll be running around checking doors and all these guys will be chasing you, right? Listen to me. This is the temptation we're stuck in. We keep trying all the wrong doors and all the wrong ways of escape, and we welcome in more temptation instead of realizing that this was the door all along that God wanted us to exit out of. It was the way of escape. Shout real quick. Say, get out. Get out. Get out. Look at the person beside you say, get out. get out. Be like the dude in the sofa that was getting chased by the crazy little white girl and get out. I should have done that movie. Stirring that teacup. You got me messed up. You know what I loved about that movie? I'm going to get off for just one second. I ain't got nowhere to go. I got you all stuck here. Here's why. If, if, I'm talking about a movie called Get Out. Here's why I loved it. If you watch scary movies and things like that, Jason or Freddy Krueger or whatever it is, People are always stupid. I love the commercial that makes fun of it where the girl's like, can't we just get in the running car? And he's like, no, let's go stand behind the chainsaws. You know what I mean? Like, but that's so true. It's so accurate. And it's been going on for years, right? Michael Myers is chasing a woman, and instead of, like, going this way, she runs and she falls. Oh, no. You know what I mean? It's the same story. So when I was watching, I didn't even want to go see Get Out. So I'm in the theater with my wife and some friends, and uh, it gets to the end, and I'm like, first of all, I knew she was sketchy. You eating Fruit Loose with no milk? You need Jesus. And so it gets to the end, and I'm like, oh, man, they caught him. And now we're going to go through this whole long thing. If I'm about to ruin this whole movie for you all, in case you're wondering. Uh, you should have seen it by now. You should be ashamed of yourself. And so we're going to go through this whole thing of him making dumb decisions. That dude, very first thing, it was like, boom, boom, bam, done with y'all, right? He, he made the right decisions. He was done. He took her out quick. He took him out quick. He was like, well, let's go. What are we waiting on? Let's leave, right? And that's, what, that's the whole concept for me when it comes to Christianity is that we, we keep playing this, these little, oh, no, oh, no, he's going to get me, he's going to get me. And she's like, if you don't stand on the neck of that thing and call out the only name that matters above all every name, if you don't say this is the way of escape, I'm not playing with you. I don't got time to mess with you. This is the door. It said with every temptation is my way of escape. I've, I serve a God that's already made a way. I'll prove it to you. 
But first, check out this clip. That's a bit of a mess there, Abu. Let me take care of that for you. No, no long faces. All right, I got an idea. All right, this is your last wish. Royalty was the right idea, okay? We should just riff on that a little bit. All right, here's what I'm thinking. Aladdin, warrior prince. A noble heart in a land where thieves run feral. Jasmine! You like it? No? Okay, all right, I hear you loud and clear. All right, but this is what you need. The governing laws of Agrabah by royal decree, okay? And here it is. Must marry a prince, right? But you say the words, and this law just kind of like goes away. And you and the princess are in it together forever. You can just make the law disappear? <laughs> Please, like it never existed. All right, last wish, let's get it. Okay, last wish. Genie? I'm ready. Hold on. Here we go. I wish. Third and final wish. I wish to set you free. What? some jams get it yourself get your own jams So, how many days was Jesus in the wilderness? Do you remember? 40 days. Yeah, y'all are good. Y'all did a lot better than I did in school. 40 days. And I was thinking through this process, and I'm like, man, there was a lot of reasons why Jesus didn't escape the wilderness in less than 40 days. Or let me put it like this way. There's a lot of reasons why Jesus escaped the wilderness. One of them would have been, as we talked about already, the affirmation that he got in God before he ever went into the wilderness. Obviously, you see when you read Luke 4 where he continues to quote scripture towards it, and that's how he fights his battles is with scripture. But one of the things that I realized recently that I had never really paid attention to before was this, that the reason why Jesus didn't take any, not the reason, one of the reasons why Jesus didn't take the devil's way of escape or didn't try to create his own was this. He wasn't trying to escape. Jesus was there on purpose for purpose. But to understand that, you got to let me back up for a little bit. Because in the Old Testament, you, you start to read about the children of Israel, the children of God. And if, you, if you've heard any of these stories growing up, it's when Moses splits the Red Sea and they were in slavery and he frees them from slavery. And they, they go through the Red Sea and then they begin to get in the wilderness. And there's a process now that they're trying to get to the promised land. And if you read those scriptures, you find out that they wandered in the wilderness, listen to this, for 40 years. 40 years. 
40 years, they kept doing something and they would look for their own way of escape and they would do it their way. And for 40 years they did this. And when you study it, you find out that that trip that they went on was supposed to take 11 days. So what was supposed to take 11 days took them 40 years. Why? Because they kept trying their way of escape. And then I realized this. It makes sense now that Jesus would make sure he stayed in the wilderness for 40 days. Because Jesus needed to come in and do this. What you and I couldn't do in 40 years, he did in 40 days. And so the reason why Corinthians is correct when it says that he is the way of escape is not because of any other reason but the fact that he went through what we went through and he sustained himself through that process and he went through everything that we should have went through so that he could set us free. He went through everything that we should have went through so that there could be a way of escape. And our way of escape is through the name of Jesus. That's what it is. It's as simple as that. You say, well, what happens after that? There are processes, and that's what the church is all about. That's what the church is for, to help disciple you, small groups, serving, different things. But I'm here to tell you that the reason why Jesus stayed in that wilderness, he could have been done after one day. I'm out of here. I'm done. But he stayed specifically for 40 days so that he could have that rematch. And where we failed, he succeeded. So that when we find ourselves back in this moment where we need a way of escape, our way of escape is Jesus. And so all of this was done to be able to tell you this. If you're tired because you feel like you're in a prison, and it may be a spiritual prison or a mental prison or a physical prison, and you just you, you feel like you want to escape, and you've tried every way of escape that you can find and they're not working, and you're tired, there's only one way of escape that works. And you can keep going around and around and trying all these doors all you want. And it will work for a while. Every one of these doors, think about it. As you're opening the door, there's a sense of relief that says, I'm about to be set free. Only to find out that that's not the exit and there's something else in there. Because every way of escape that we come up with has a season and a time frame of relief. But like we said, what good is that as a way of escape if it's just another set of chains? What good is it as medication if it's just going to become another master? One of the coolest things, I'll say this and then we'll pray. When me and my friend were talking about the haunted house, and she had me all, I mean, I was like, oh, this is, this is both the scariest thing I've ever heard, and I want to do it right now. You know what I'm talking about? Because I just wanted the opportunity to punch one of them people when they start chasing me. And so I, can't, I was trying to imagine this, and I, and I just asked her. I just, I just asked her as genuine as I could. I just said, hey, um, what happens if, if, like, somebody freaks out asking for a friend? You know what I mean? Like, what if that person was to just lose their mind? Or do? Here's what she told me. She said, they have a code word. I said, they have a code word? I said, what's the code word? And I don't know if this word, don't go there trying this word. I'm just using what she said. She said, it's candy corn. I said, well, what happens when you say candy corn? And she said, they can be on top of you with the chainsaw, scaring you. And if you go, candy corn, she said, they know they have to stop and retreat. Come on. So here's what I'm learning about you and I as we're operating in our life in 2019. That there are a lot of prisons that we're going to find ourselves in. But that with every prison, God already attached a door. 
There's already a gate that's open. There's already a way of escape. And there's a code word that we have. And that code word is Jesus. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, and because of what Jesus did in the wilderness, and because of who Jesus is, and all that Jesus will be, has been, and ever will be, he becomes the code word for wherever we are. And whatever moment you're in, and I understand that you keep trying. And if there's anything he would tell you today, it's stop trying. Jesus. And every temptation has to stop and retreat. The Bible says that even the demons shudder at his name. There's a moment where we start to understand that authority I was talking about. Remember what Satan said? do this and I'll give you my authority. Jesus said, son, you don't even know what authority is. I'm the son of God. And I just think it's cool that God would do all this to get you here today to tell you, you are a child of God. That Jesus died for you, loves you, and the best part, doesn't want you to keep continuing in the prison that you're in. And with that prison, he attached I love that moment when Will Smith is such a great actor. I love that moment when he's set free. That really is like, get your own chains. Can I just can I just tell you something real quick? When you get set free, it's gonna take a minute, minute for you to get it. Get, up, get, 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 get away, devil. <laughs> it's gonna take a minute now operating and walking in authority that's above yours. It's a new authority. It's an authority that's backed by the blood of Jesus, by the cross, the sacrifice that happened on the cross, and by the 40 days spent in the wilderness. It is your way of Can I pray for you? Lord, I thank you for who you are, your faithfulness. I thank you for Corinthians where it says that there is no temptation that I will ever go through that is new to man. That tells me that the devil is not creative, that everything he's ever brought my way, he's brought somebody else's way. And if they went to you, they found a way of escape, and that door is still open to me because I'm a child of God. And I pray that we would understand that, that no matter what it is that we're going through right now, whatever it is that we're dealing with, that we brought into this place this morning. We were coming to enjoy a carnival. We had no idea that, God, you were about to revolutionize our world and our life. And I pray for every individual right now who says, I've been trying to, I've been trying my own way, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. And if I'm honest with you, Troy, it just it numbs the pain for a moment. But eventually I'm right back in that situation. And what I really need is a, is a solidified way of escape. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that's found in Jesus. So I pray right now for every heart. That they would know that you're real, that you're alive, and that you're moving in this place desire is to have a relationship.